Recording in three, two. Welcome to the concluding part of the Royal Arch Puzzle, where Christopher Earnshaw reveals the answer. Okay, I know it's going to be painfully obvious, but would you please well, reveal the answer to the quiz? Uh, the prize was $300, and I'm not giving it away, so, <laughs> so it has to be a challenge. So if you have your books open, uh, let's look at each clue second. The first um, clue is I'm not as skilled at making puzzles as others. I will only give a suggestion. Be sure to read the references. Mm -hmm. This is actually a paraphrase of a sentence that's in the book. Uh, if you can open page 238, there's a section called Modern Techniques. Yes, yes. And then uh, under Modern Techniques, it says, I am not as skilled at astral travel as others. Yes, yes. I will only give a simple explanation. Uh, I have added a bibliography of suggested reading at the ah, end of the book. Okay, okay. So, so this is nearly the same as the, the question, as the mm. puzzle clue. Yes. The different words are um, puzzle uh, uh, replaces astral travel. <sighs> and uh, the uh, only given explanation, I've added a bibliography of suggested reading. Now, that is on, I looked at that a while ago, and uh, I remember Borman being on there, and that can be found on page. Okay. Da, da, da. Yes. Can be found on page 283. 283. There we go. I concur. <laughs> Each yeah, well, book uh, can be slightly different because of uh, editing. Yes. yes. And so um, also the, the, um, Another clue was actually the section it was in. It's uh -huh. about astral travel and modern techniques. Yes, yes. And um, so the I clue is modern techniques about astral travel. So sure. then you go to step two, and it's the top three, not the bottom two. This means <laughs> sure. the first three books written by William Bullman, Robert Peterson, and Robert Monroe. Yep. But not the older books by... Arthur Powell and Frederick Myers. Sure, sure. And yeah. the reason is that these three people here, I mean, all the books are about to do uh, are to do with astral travel, but only the top three have a unique technique for getting the soul, uh, the spirit to leave the body. And, um, and the, the there is a uh, for interested parties. Robert Monroe. There is a documentary on YouTube that discusses his system, which is mentioned in Brother Earnshaw's books, which I, I highly recommend. I highly recommend. Thank you. <laughs> so all three people, they started their um, out-of-body, or ast I prefer astral travel, they started their, their adventures using the same technique. That's important. Mm -hmm. And um, so afterwards they developed different techniques, but the first technique when they were, I think they were all university students, and uh, they 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 all found it worked. So this is to do with modern techniques about astral travel. <laughs> okay, so step three. Mm -hmm. So on step three, <clears throat> um, on page one hundred and forty-two, <clears throat> navigate. Yes, yes, yes. yes. 
So I did see that. <clears throat> that did draw my attention. So I have a cross section of the brain mm-hmm. with the pyramid star shafts have been added, but there is no explanation about what this is all about. Yes. No, There's only two might... lines at the bottom. Well, if you could go back a little bit earlier, page 122, mm-hmm. um, uh, top of the page, um, I hate leaving large areas of blank paper, especially at the end of chapters. <laughs> so I put interesting pictures in at the end, and um, I make sure that they are um, that they are pertinent to the surrounding text. Well, this has nothing to do with the next page or the page before. No, no. it's totally I, just. I, re- I reread that this morning, and it, and it drew my <laughs> attention. Little did I know I was sat on top of a clue. Because I remember you signposted photography <laughs> and also Gustav Seleni's cryptomancies. I remember that one as well. So in my free, first, second book, um, Spiritual Alchemy, um, I did the same thing. I yes. put uh, Trithemius's book, Polygraphia. Um, this was a signpost in that book. Uh-huh. And this is like a signpost in here. I, I remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> I'm a bit so, red-faced at the moment. I'm a bit red-faced, listeners. That's okay. Well, it, it just we're only on number three, so wait, wait to go. Um, so on page forty-two, we've got this cross section, um, and then uh, you want to know about the ancient is more important than the modern. Mm. So if you look at the explanation at the bottom, it says esotericus cross section of the brain with the Great Pyramid of Giza superimposed showing the star shafts, you'll see a reference number there. Now, each book, the numbers may be slightly different, mm-hmm. but mine is uh, 324. When we go to 324, reference, and I can hardly see it, um, 324. Uh, do you know what? I That was the one that caught my eye, that reference, because... Yeah, in my research uh, into Phoenicia, the Draconis was the pole star, and that's the one they used to navigate around. Exactly, and uh, mm. so um, which is also called Thuban, which is on the picture of the pyramid, <laughs> and this is the ancient North Star, and yeah. the modern um, North Pole Star it is doesn't account. So now we're looking at this picture. This star shaft for Thuban is the most important, what I'm referring to. This is why it's the ancient's important than the new one. So, um, if you know the, um, the system that uh, William Bullman and others used, this picture looks very much like a person's anatomy. So, <clears throat> the skull the brain inside the pyramid is looking left. And the two lines are similar to the two eyes yes. in the brain. Yes. And then you've got one star shaft. This is the technique that they were teaching. You look forward and then you raise your consciousness ah, yes. to yes. meet this point on this Thuban. And that's the same in the, the teaching of the golden flower. Exactly, exactly. And that's why it's in the place. And so when it comes to don't think in terms of degrees, I wasn't talking about first degree, second degree. 
the angle of the star shaft is not that important. <laughs> and also the angle, if you're, if you're lying, if you're sitting in a, a chair, your eyes are looking forward, and then Thuban will be pointing straight up through the top of your head, 90 degrees. So there's a slight um, difference in the angle, but as I said, don't worry about the degrees, but think of this Thuban star shaft as a ladder. Mm -hmm. yes. So you've got to go up this ladder. The point of ascension. The point of ascension. Point of ascension. Now we get to points. Uh, this 12 is important, but more so 1, 3, and 6. Well, if you've read um, uh, Robert Monroe's book, or uh, particularly Robert Monroe's book, but also uh, Bob Peterson's book, they talk about focusing on different points on this shaft, this axis going out of your brain mm. and then reaching a certain point and then bringing back the energy into your body. Right. And then that starts the outer body process. Mm. Now, 12 refers to 12 chakras. Mm -hmm. So most of us are uh, familiar with a seven-step chakra. Yes. But if you look a little bit further as a ladder, you will find that there are five chakras above the head, seven inside the body and above the head. And uh, they're often given different names, but the uh, eighth is sometimes called the soul chakra. Uh, the ninth um, is the spirit chakra. The tenth is the universal chakra. The eleventh is the galactic chakra. And the twelfth is the divine gateway. Okay, okay. And that's the, the divine gateway that ties in the teachings of um, uh, Jacob's ladder. Yes. The uh, uh, Bethlehem. It wasn't Bethlehem. Um, Bethel. Uh, sorry. Bethel, I think. Yes, Bethel, where the where he slept uh, with his head on a rock. That's it. That uh, translates to the gateway. In interestingly, in the Hebrew as well. Um, sorry yeah. to interrupt. No, it's okay. It's, um, it's twelve stones. It's it's not a single pillow stone. It's twelve stones. Oh. It was an altar. Ah, uh, okay. Makes and sense. then if you look at the the golden, uh, the secret of the golden flower, the the um, chakra at the top of the head or the opening of the top of the head, which is the south gate, for complicated reasons, this is also known as the divine gateway. So they're using the same terminology. It for chakras and for for Taoism and for in the Bible. I mean, this is just too much of a coincidence. The seals of revelation. Uh, well, could be. <laughs> so in um, uh, Robert Monroe's journeys out of the body, um, he, he says you have to first focus one foot above your head. Mm -hmm. And then three foot and then six foot. So even though you have 12 chakra, one foot, three foot, and six foot, six foot corresponds to the 12th chakra. And it has to be done slowly. And um, you need to energize these chakras. So um, uh, yes, uh, it's also good to actually start in the body, focusing on chakras and then just lifting up from the first chakra uh, to all the way through to the heart chakra, throat chakra, and all the way up, and then bring it, bring the energy down. <clears throat> um, so 
Yes. So there's some other interesting points here. Um, so the, the final question, obviously, once you've got all these questions, is how do you achieve an out-of-body experience? Well, that was the one question. I that wasn't given. It wasn't given, but I think the whole book implied it from Section 3 onwards. Yes, but yeah. also my questions um, uh, kind of pointed in that direction. Yes. And particularly the first one, it says, you know, um, uh, 238 <laughs> um, astral travel, modern techniques for astral travel. You know, the, mm. the whole section is about that. So anyway, um, there's some other things that I found which I thought were, might be of interest. Um, of course, when you're doing out-of-body experiences, you have to have completed the preliminary exercises, which means circulating the chi, deep breathing, etc., which is given in the book of the gold, uh, the secret of the golden flower, and in my book, of course. So you have to you have to do that, get the energy moving, and then move the energy up and down your twelve chakras. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also. I don't know if I hope Master Masons didn't miss this, but if you look at the picture on 142, yeah. the, the two sides of the pyramid and the star shaft nearly form a perfect square and compass. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Got it now. Got it now. Yes. <laughs> nearly a perfect, if you just draw those lines. And then the the square, the inner corner of the square, yes. sits on the king's chamber. Yeah. And the point of the, the square sits on the queen's chamber. Mm-hmm. And uh, this gives us another indication uh, because the pituitary is roughly where the queen's chamber is. That's where I'm and the, the pineal gland is where the king's chamber is. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly it's accurate because in, in neurology, you'll find the king's chamber is behind the pituitary, yes. further behind. But you know, thinking this is ancient Egypt, you know, <laughs> I give a lot of leeway. But the point is, the, um, uh, René Descartes, in, my, in a book on um, uh, spiritual alchemy, said the, the pineal was the seat of the soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is the king's chamber which yes. is the square of the angle so um <clears throat> it's the pineal is only about half a centimeter in size and it's really small really small it's half a centimeter is like mm-hmm. I, I don't know <laughs> a widget <laughs> but Please it produces produces the hormone melatonin which yes. is responsible for your sleep and waking cycle and so because it's responsible for the waking and sleep i think it's also responsible for the out-of-body experience i I think so yes the um the pineal gland also produces dimethyltryptamine as well which is a psychedelic i love it (laughs) it's a chemical (laughs) dmt is a psychedelic chemical which is uh, produced in it's a, a cliched thing to discuss, but it's produced in extreme stress during mm. birth and, and during yeah. death as well. And uh, when I went on my, my jungle experience, uh, my ayahuasca experience, that's the active chemical within the, within yeah. the room. 
It's very, yes. very interesting, but it's also present in acacia. It's it's um, has high levels of um, DMT acacia wood, and mimosa bark is primarily what it's used to synthesize chemically. But the it's a very inter- interesting interpretation of Freemasonry. Uh, I'd love the listeners to email in and give us their opinions, but it's it's a, something that's referred to quite a lot in ancient literature, the out-of-body experience, and it's the release of the soul from the material. Now, Porphyry, Porphyry, the, the second uh, Neoplatonist after the great Neoplatonist Plotinus, produced a work called um, The Philosopher's Death. And Ooh. I would urge all of the listeners to get hold of it because he does go into quite depth um, discussions on number symbology as well, Porphyry does. So it is relevant from a Masonic perspective. It's very interesting what he has to say. Very, very interesting. Ooh. And later on, there was a Neoplatonist by the name of Macrobius, and he wrote a commentary on Cicero's work, The Dream of Scipio, which can be found in Book Four of the Republic. And he discusses a weary traveller related to Scipio Africanus um, Mm. resting. And during his rest, the, the spirit is released from the material prison of the body. And it floats around the cosmos and receives instructions and sees the inner workings the inner mechanics of the cosmos. It's a it's a right. fascinating read, but in the context of a a ancient out of body experience, I, I find it's almost a cliche to use that term because it's been so appropriated by uh, vulgar sources, shall yes. we say? But the, well, it's this kind of um, new age term. Um, yes. That's why I prefer astral travel because <laughs> you. Um, my first experience when I was a child, I think I was about six. I was um, in the universe. I was yeah. just out in space. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was really it was an astral travel. It was yeah. um, mind boggling. <laughs> yes. I'm not but, sure um, where the, the etymology starts with it, the, with the uses of astral travel. I think it's with Blavatsky or the Theos- Theosophists. I'm not entirely sure. I'll have to come back to you on that one. Mm-mm. But the, the, it's Proclus that came up with the idea of the light body that became the Selim in Judaism and Kabbalah. So mm. it's got a long established history. It's, it's yes, well, uh, of course, and there are many examples given in the Bible um, mm-hmm. and other classical literature. It's just that um, you have to know what you're reading, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the way they interpreted or wrote things. When you read it now, you don't realize that this was an astral body, you know. For example, um, uh, the word ecstasis, ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when Saul was on the road to Damascus, he met Jesus and he was standing there in ecstasy. Well, basically, yeah. ecstasis means he was standing outside his body. So he had an out-of-body experience. Um, uh, that's why he saw Jesus or not. I'm not quite sure exactly, but uh, that changed him. And then he became Paul, St. Paul. That's it. So it was, it was a life-changing experience. Mm. Uh, it is for everybody. Um, drawn up into the third um, I hope the the um, the picture on what was one forty-two <clears throat> um, stimulates people to look at it at a little bit more. You know how these yeah relationships. Yeah. I would um, I would highly recommend examining the further reading list as well. Um, yes particularly Bill Bullman, it's, it's very relatable. And yes. 
Robert Peterson's book I've got, I've, I've had a little bit of trouble with it, but then again, I um, I I don't know what's wrong at the moment, but I'm not getting my out-of-body experiences. I'm, I'm not really progressing too well. I think I'm overworked. That's my experience. Yes, it's, 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 it's difficult. Uh, the most important part is the the relaxation, really deep relaxation. And um, I've experienced a, a sort of instant out-of-body experience by going into a isolation tank. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, just because I was floating and I wasn't touching anything, I, I couldn't feel gravity or anything. And then yeah. it just happened. Interesting, interesting. Because I was totally, totally relaxed. That might, <clears throat> your yeah. brain might, your, your nervous system may remember the stimulus of being in the womb. And whilst, yes, yes. Whilst the, the nervous system is being readied for three-dimensional existence, <laughs> it's, uh, before yes. the spirit gets drawn into the material existence, it's, uh, it's having well, a... Well, anyway, I just, I hope this little, little puzzle I, I put together um, helps readers to get more out of the book and also, in the long run, get more out of Freemasonry. Absolutely. I think that's the, yeah. Yeah. Well, on that bombshell, on that bombshell, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Thank you, Brother yes. Earnshaw. I'm sure pleasure. readers to come will find uh, lots of exciting things in the book to, to explore. And if you'd like to get your copy, they are available on Amazon. <laughs> so, uh, on that note, we'll be signing off. Uh, we now part on the square. And we will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.